Meet Gail. Her thing is being a supermom. And supermom has a lot on her supersized plate. <laughs> Ain't that the truth. But at Walmart Pharmacy, supermom recently got her whole family updated on all their vaccines. We knocked it out during a grocery run. No appointment. That's Next Level Supermom. From pneumonia to shingles, HPV, and more, get no-cost vaccinations from an expert pharmacist where you already shop. Welcome to an easier pharmacy. Welcome to your Walmart. $0 copay with most insurances. State age and health restrictions may apply. Hey, friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a friend to join me, and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Hey, friends, and welcome to another episode of the Happy Hour Guys, we have a great show today. My friend Hunter Belis came in. She flew down from Northwest Arkansas, joined me in the studio, and we had a really great conversation about a lot about Bible literacy. And that's a, a word that her and I both attribute to our friend Jen Wilkin. Uh, in fact, I'll tell you real quick. Jen Wilkin uh, has been on the show before. She wrote a book called Women of the Word. Highly, 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 highly recommend that book. If you want to hear Jen and I talk, oh my gosh, it's forever ago. Episode number 14. 14, you guys. It came out in 2014. Anyhow, today on the show, we talk about Bible literacy. And Hunter is doing some phenomenal work with um, helping children and families really integrate Bible literacy into their family time. And she's a new book that's coming out uh, just a couple weeks on April 19th. It's called Read It, See It, Say It, Sing It, Knowing and Loving the Bible. And this is a kid's book. And so she tells us in here why she wanted to write a book for kids about this. And I really appreciate her take on that. And so if you know around here, I love kids books. I have four kids myself. They're all grown up now. I'm not reading books like this anymore. But I will say that when my kids were little, this would have been a very important book in my house. On the show today, Hunter, I also talk about like homeschool life and motherhood. And we talk about something serious that she just went through this year, a a terminal cancer diagnosis with her father, and then eventually led to his death not much longer after his diagnosis. We talked about what it's been like for her to grieve with three young kids. And I was very grateful for her vulnerability and honesty with us. You guys, you're going to love this show. You guys, I want to ask a favor of you. If you are a longtime listener of the happy hour, I hope that there has been some time in your happy hour listening that you have gone to whatever platform you listen to the show and you've given us a really great rating. We'll take five stars. Oh gosh, we'll take that. And maybe a review of the show because it doesn't do our pride any good. I'm not sitting over here reading those every week, but it helps more people find the show. And I have never believed in the work that we do here at the happy hour more than I have in the last one to two years. Um, the messages I get, the people's lives that are changed because we're having conversations that matter. And I would just love it if you would do that because it helps more people find the show. And we want more people listening to the happy hour so they hear phenomenal conversations like I had today with Hunter. So wherever you listen, whether that's Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Stitcher, go leave us a rating and a review and that'd be awesome. Okay, before we get to Hunter, I just want to do a little housekeeping here. Did you guys hear the show on Friday? It was with my friend Jackie Hill Perry and we did a little deep dive into the docu-series that Netflix recently released called Cheer. If you haven't seen it, you'll still get a lot out of this conversation. Uh, If you have seen it, I think you'll really enjoy it. And then next week, my friend Jen Hand uh, joins me on the show. And not only is she hilarious, but we have a really great conversation that I think you're also going to be inspired by. All right, y'all. Here is my friend Hunter. Hunter, welcome to the happy hour. It is such a joy to be here. I got to tell you, I cannot even believe that I am on the happy hour after having listened to the happy hour for probably five or six years at this point. Well, I can't believe that this is your first time on the happy hour. Uh-huh. That's what I really can't believe. And this is a true story. Lindsay can attest. I have been saying I want to have you on the show forever. Wow. Uh, that's absolutely crazy because I just remember walking the streets of Fort Hood, Texas, before you even knew my name, listening to you and your guests and thinking, man, I'm so grateful for this edifying conversation. And then really aspiring to like do what you do because you made it look so enjoyable. You're so kind. 
I, I love starting my day with you, Hunter. <laughs> this is the best. Okay, well, thank you. I'm so grateful for you yeah. listening, and you have your own podcast that I want to talk about because it's exciting. I have also listened to your show. In fact, I don't know if you know this. I quoted a guest from your show in my last book. Oh, I yes. didn't know that. Abigail Dodds. Yes, I quoted her. Wonderful. She's. I a don't remember friend. what she said, but I was listening I'll to your to show, and, and I was like, oh, "That is so good." Oh, I think I know what she said. Look at me. It's coming back to me. This is what you. Uh, this is about writing a book. You forget what you write. I think she was talking about you can't be content in someone else's life or you can't be content while watching someone else's life. Does that sound vaguely familiar? Yeah. But what yeah. you guys might have talked about. Okay, anyhow. Well, welcome to the happy hour. Thank Hunter. you so, so much. Okay, so introduce fun. yourself. You do not live in Fort Hood anymore. I don't. You have, have lived moved. in a few places since then. Yes. Tell me about your life now. Wow. So we currently live in Northwest Arkansas. And since living at Fort Hood, I think we've lived in seven different locations. Originally, my husband was in the U.S. Army, so I followed him around all over the South, and then he decided to get out of the Army, and I followed him up to New England, where he studied at Tuck Business School. We did two years in New England, and then he is currently doing his first civilian job uh, in Bentonville. So, yeah. We we love Northwest Arkansas, by the way. You're at the happy hour, so yes. Yeah. You've landed in a great place. So many guests from the happy hour. Yes. And I think that you can, you're here in Austin right now. You've been to Austin before previously in all your life. Right. We think, and we, I don't know who we is, but me, I think Northwest Arkansas is this little bitty Austin. Yeah. Would you agree? Oh, yeah. We want to be Austin when we grow up. Okay. For sure. <laughs> but I also want to say this, and I really believe this. I think there's this really sweet Christian community in Northwest Arkansas yes. that I don't feel everywhere else. I mean, it feels yes. special. Yeah. Um, Actually, when I went to school there, so 10 years, 12 years ago now at this point, I went to school at the University of Arkansas. I did not know that. Yes. Go hogs, pig, suey, whatever you say. Woo pig. (laughs) Woo pig. There you go. Okay. Yeah. And I found that to be true. And that's where I really interfaced with a host of mentors um, in my own life and really grew a ton spiritually in that community. And so that ultimately was what kind of drew us back to that area when we were looking for a place to be a little bit more established as a family. So, yeah, we have three kids. I forgot to mention them. uh, And they just comprise most of my day. Hadley, Davey, and Bo. They're seven, five, and three now. They're maybe the cutest kids in the world. Uh, I I just love doing life with them. And so that's what I do uh, for the most part. And then also host the Journey Women podcast in the fringe hours when they're napping or sleeping. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That is a handful. I When I started the podcast, I still had one kid at home. Okay, so Story was not yet in kindergarten. She wasn't in full day school. And that was always hard of trying to fit that in. Um, I want to give you some advice. Okay, you didn't ask for it. Okay, let's hear it. I'm going to give you some advice. Um, I've said this before publicly. It's like my confession of a really terrible motherhood thing I wish I could take back. Hmm. Story's last year before she went to kindergarten. I was doing the happy hour. I really wanted to do it more. And... um, I wanted her to be in school so badly. Hmm. And I was just like, if she could just get in school, I could start my life. If she could just go to school, I'd be able to do whatever I want. And I literally look back and wish I could get that year back. Hmm. So that's for you and any mom out there that is like, once these kids get here, then I can do this or whatever. And it just, I mean, I'm sending a kid to college next year. Wow. It happens in a second. It's absolutely amazing how long you've been doing the happy hour. And then also just to think about when we're looking at other people's lives at a distance to consider the context, like Mm. people might look at your life and think, Oh, you know, as a new mom, I want to be doing what Jamie does. And which I look back uh, at my time at Fort hood, Texas. And I thought it would be so fun to get to do what Jamie does. Mm. And now I get to do what you do to a very small degree, but I constantly am having to pull back and examine my own season of life and consider, okay, but what does that look like in the context that the Lord has placed me in? And to remember that uh, our seasons look different. Yeah. Okay. So, but how do you do that? Because I think that's a lot of women struggle is whatever that might be. And I'm in a different season of motherhood, but I can still struggle with that same thing. Or if I could just be in this stage of a business or this stage mm-hmm. with my mom, mom life, or this stage of my work life, that discontentment, even that I For kind sure. of alluded to a little bit earlier, what is it? What do you do to keep your mind focused on? Okay, right now in this stage of my life, I got three kids who you're homeschooling. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm doing my podcast. You have a kid's book coming out in, in a month. How do you stay content 
I think from moment to moment, it's just asking the Lord, what does it look like to be faithful in the next thing that you've given me? And that often helps me when I'm looking at future opportunities and things like that, just to ask myself, okay, given what the Lord has set before me in my season right now, am I going to be able to walk in faithfulness to what he's called me to uh, if I say yes to these things? Mm. And so that is really the barometer for me of like, am I being faithful to the things that the Lord has set before me um, with the kids and the people that he's given me to love uh, in this particular moment. Well, I know, like you said, we see people's life from afar or on the internet. Yeah. But from what I see, from what you share with us, I always want to say that. you We only know a person and what they share with us. Yeah. What you share with the world, um, you are doing a phenomenal job with that. Mm, thank You're doing you. motherhood well. Uh, you're doing internet life well. You're doing podcast life well. So you're doing a great job. But by the grace of God. <laughs> I love that. But you are. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so yeah. much. Yeah. Okay. So your three kids um, who I think are the cutest in the world and you started homeschooling, I think, during pandemic life. Yeah. It was totally because of the pandemic. I did not foresee myself being a homeschooling mom. I'm not a convictional homeschooling mom. I wasn't like, this is the way that I think school needs to be done. Um, it just happened because we were in New England and I had a kindergartner and I thought, well, I'm not very good at following someone else's instructions. <laughs> so <laughs> for I this pandemic know. life, when you're supposed to be teaching with the schools virtually stuff, yes. and they give you the curriculum and they tell you what to do, I found during preschool that I wasn't very good at following their instructions. So I thought, well, maybe I need to consider choosing a curriculum that works for us. And then we could do it for four days instead of five. And then we could continue adventuring on the weekends and things like that. So that's how we started. And then when we moved to Northwest Arkansas, I really did not want to continue homeschooling. I think that it was probably for similar reasons that you described wanting Mm -hmm. story to go to kindergarten. And I really wrestled with the Lord over this. I really wrestled with Brooks over this, my husband. And I remember Brooks saying, you know, I really think that we want to be building into our family culture in this way by having Mm -hmm. the children at home. And I just thought, you do not know how hard it is. Like, I am the one who has to be the teacher, the mom, also, like, run a small business out of the house. Like, I don't think I have capacity for this. So I actually enrolled my oldest in the local public school, which is a great school. And we went, we toured the school, we met the teacher. She had the nameplate. She was actually sitting next to a guy named Brooks, which is her dad's name. So I thought everything is, like, perfectly aligned for her to go to this local school But when we got into the room, she and I both just felt like, wow, we're not ready for this. Mm -hmm. And all I could think was like, I want to be your teacher. And the amazing thing through that whole process was that we did not know that just a few weeks later, my dad would be diagnosed with terminal cancer. And so we walked out of the school. I felt so embarrassed. I ended up messaging the lady who does like all the administration stuff. And I'm like, you know, I'm really sorry. I think we're going to pull her. Had nothing to do with the school. It was a great school, great teacher. Uh, But for some reason, we just don't feel ready. And then within like a week or two, we found out that my dad was terminally ill with cancer. Mm -hmm. And so it ended up being such a gift to be able to have the flexibility to go back and forth between where my parents live and where we are living. Um, during that time of his illness so we're so grateful you know i think that's just this beautiful example of like how in life you have these moments like you're talking about homeschool you know and that feels like oh it's a major decision for your family i mean Mm -hmm. this is a family it's a major decision for you and um and how you really just kind of walked open-handedly with that and were able to listen to the spirit because like you said you had no idea what was to coming yeah and i think there's so many times in our life that god is asking us to really live this open-handed life mm-hmm. um, not just because he wants our servant hearts and not just because he wants us to faithfully follow him those are both true but i think also he's like because i want you to be ready for what is to come absolutely and we have no way of knowing what that is um just like you so your dad was diagnosed um mm-hmm. with terminal cancer and actually it was not very long until he passed away what that's was, right how long was that it was like three weeks and one day And we had no indicator that he was ill with cancer, especially that it would have been progressed to that degree. So it was extremely surprising for the whole thing to take place. So can you talk about that? And like, how did that go down for your dad and your mom and your family walking through that? So we knew that dad was experiencing some pain and we actually moved back to the area to be able to kind of help my mom as he was navigating 
some issues with chronic pain. Um, but we had no clue, like I said, that it was cancer. And I actually went to my grandmother at the time was also diagnosed with pneumonia and she was placed on hospice. So I went to say goodbye to my grandmother and that weekend, um, my dad was presenting some more concerning symptoms. And so he went to the doctor after I had said goodbye to my grandmother, basically. And that Monday, he found out that cancer had basically spread throughout his whole body. It was called metastatic melanoma. So apparently you can have melanoma even if you don't have like a spot on your skin. It can be under your fingernails. It can be in your eyes. We're not really sure where his originated, um, but it was absolutely incredible how quickly he degenerated. And um, it was a very disorienting time. I'll say I've never experienced the degree of brain fog and stress that I underwent during those three weeks and then thereafter. Yeah, I think grief is something that I've heard a lot of people on the show talk about Uh and say one of my favorite ways they've described it as you're standing in this ocean and you know the wave is coming. You just don't know when it's coming Uh and then it's continually coming. And I imagine that's what your life has been like um, since your dad passed of just like Uh these waves of grief overcoming. You talk about how that was kind of this fog and disorienting and in your parenting three children you're running a small business Mm -hmm. you are homeschooling you're in the middle of um writing and releasing a book i think that all of those together is what other people are like grief doesn't just show up when we have time for it is what i'm trying to say and it doesn't just show up when life is like oh this is a great time to walk through grief what has helped you walk through grief while also helping your kids walk through grief and also being a wife and also homeschooling Uh, it's really just taking it moment by moment I mean, when I looked at the situation, I thought to myself, how am I even going to have time to grieve Mm. with three little kids? I'll never forget when I, you know, realized that my dad went on hospice. I got the message and I had been laying by the foot of my son's bed trying to get him to go down for a nap. And of course, as soon as the message pops up on my phone, I just start weeping Mm. and I come out and my daughter said, why are you crying? And I said, well, because, you know, mommy just found out that poppy went on hospice and my daughter said uh that she goes you've been sad about that for weeks (laughs) i thought to myself god how am i gonna do this grief journey with insensitive human beings (laughs) who don't have any capacity to understand the depths of my sadness and so it really has been this opportunity to walk out what it looks like to navigate sadness and uh, to do that in front of my kids. I wouldn't say my kids have actually been particularly sad. And that's been one of the hardest things is not having someone to share in my sadness when I am experiencing those waves of grief. And so trying to be honest about what I'm experiencing and to welcome them into that, I think is such a wonderful opportunity to model for them something that I don't know that we've done very well as a church to grieve with others. And so I hope that maybe this will be something that they look back on uh, and in the future when they're walking through hard times or when they're walking alongside someone that's navigating grief, maybe they'll be able to reference this experience and remember what it was like to walk alongside mommy as she grieved the loss of her own father. I'm telling you, our kids will just straight up say whatever they're thinking in a moment. Your (laughs) daughter was like, are we still doing this? (laughs) You've been grieving for three weeks. (laughs) And this was before your dad even passed. I mean, yeah, you're like, oh girl, hold on. We're going to keep going here. Um, (laughs) You know, it's true. And I I can't remember who said this on the show one time, but they talked about how culturally our culture, not even just our church culture, but just culture in general, doesn't do grief like they used to. Mm. Um, and used to you would know if someone was grieving they would wear clothing that would show they were grieving mm-hmm. they were um, you know weeks and months that were set aside for grieving and I think that's even hard in our society is everybody just is like life goes on you know and everyone keeps moving I remember not grieving the loss of someone but particularly hard seasons of my life I remember one time waking up and and this is so dumb but I was like how are people still on the Today Show? Like, how mm. is the world moving when I am so, so sad? Yeah. Um, you, one of my favorite things about you is that you love God's word. Mm. Like, 
you deeply love God's word. I do. I love God's word, and I love seeing someone who loves God's word. In mm-hmm. fact, we're going to talk about your book in a minute for kids. It is just the cutest thing in the world. Um, what has that been for you in the midst of grief, God's oh, word? You know, I've been so thankful for God's word. It's really been the only stabilizing thing through all of this, because even before dad's death, we were disrupted moving from New England and this community that we so loved, right? And so much of walking through grief is welcoming your community to walk alongside you in that. And yet we had moved just before walking through the hardest thing I've ever Mm. walked through in my life. So I didn't even really have a community or a church body to come alongside me in that season. So I was so disoriented. And yet God's word has never been more grounding than it was in that season. And I'm telling you what, there were so many books that came across my desk that were all related to walking through a season of grief. And I remember opening almost all of them and just feeling like none of this resonates. But when I would open up God's word, I really saw Hebrews 4.12 like become real to me that this book has the power to divide soul from spirit and that this thing is helping me to navigate this season in a way. And God really ministered to my heart through it. And, you know, I did have a Bible study that I was a part of locally and we were studying the book of Philippians. And it was so interesting because you would not think that Philippians is like the book that you're going to turn to in grief in the midst of grief. Mm -hmm. Like you think maybe you're going to go to the Psalms or Lamentations, Mm -hmm. something like that. And Philippians is this letter to the church at Philippi. And I just remember as I was reading, like thinking, wow, when Paul wrote this, he was literally imprisoned. Mm -hmm. And so when we're reading like rejoice always, like this isn't coming from someone who isn't uh, for lack of hardship. He has nobody around him to encourage and exhort him. He's in prison and he's still like writing to encourage the church. And so it was just such a wonderful thing um, for me to just remember God's faithfulness to his people in times of hardship. And that really helped ground me in my own season of hardship as well. It's what's so beautiful about God's word mm. is that it really does have the ability to speak to us. Yes. And it's something that sometimes even when I say it out loud I'm like people must think we're really weird Mm -hmm. that we actually believe that this book can actually speak to us and yet it is God's word it is him it is it is for his people yeah living and and active living and active for us right where we are and so I love that this podcast is brought to you by eHarmony the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with what makes eHarmony so special you no really The profiles and conversations are different on eHarmony, and that's what makes it great. eHarmony's compatibility quiz brings out everyone's personality on their profile and highlights similarities on your discovery page, so it's even easier to start a conversation that actually goes somewhere. So what are you waiting for? Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease and a whole lot of love, you transform 100,000 miles on a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. LED headlights, spoilers, whatever you need. eBay Motors has it at affordable prices. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride every time. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Meet Janice. Unfortunately, her thing is sneeze attacks every time spring returns. I literally sneezed 40 times in a row once. Luckily for Janice, at the Walmart pharmacy, she can get over-the-counter allergy relief for things like sneezing, runny nose, and watery eyes, fast with online pickup or delivery. No more suffering? That's nothing to sneeze at. (laughs) I see what you did there. Help survive allergy season with fast online pickup or delivery from Walmart. Welcome to an easier pharmacy. Welcome to your Walmart. Now, you mentioned earlier that you and Brooks have moved a lot of times. Mm-hmm. You have gone through a really difficult season of grief that you're probably still in. I, w- I don't want to assume that you are gone through anything. Um, motherhood, all the things, a lot of life transitions. Mm-hmm. And I think transitions, I mean, we've all been in the midst of this pandemic. And so transitions have been sometimes not even our choice right now. But a lot of transitions in people's lives and a lot of changing circumstances. And you really are trying to say like, hey, what is going to be grounding to us in the midst of transitions in the midst of Uh circumstances? What has that been like for you and Brooks? Like, what are some things that are really um, helpful for you guys 
in all the different things that you've been through in the last seven years? I do think it comes back to God's word and just remembering that transitions are really a part of the story of God's people from the very, very beginning. And even before the fall, we see that God had given Adam and Eve this command to be fruitful, multiply, and to have dominion over all the earth. And so thinking about the fact that transitions were a pre-fall thing, it's not necessarily bad to be walking through a transition. And yet so often we affiliate transitions with something negative, you know, like we've, we, we account for all this loss. And I think the thing that's been helpful for me is thinking how God is over all of the transitions that we face and seeing how he has used all of the transitions that we see even in redemptive history from times of old to bring about his purpose Mm -hmm. and how he continues to do that in the lives of his people in the present. And that has just been so wonderful to me for me to think about what Paul says, you know, that we are ambassadors for Christ. Like an ambassador is somebody who is sent on behalf of another. So when I'm being transitioning to a new location or when I'm even transitioning, you know, from one church to the next or from one situation to the next, one school to the next, like thinking about this isn't just a random thing that I'm having to undergo. This is actually the Lord sending me to this place and he's given me this message. Scripture's clear, like we have been given the message of reconciliation, be reconciled to God through Jesus Christ. So there's great purpose in every transition that we face, even if we don't have understanding of what that purpose is in the present, we do know that if we look back from times past, we can look into the future and say the purpose ultimately is for God's glory and our good. It's so good. And I always think like when I'm listening to you say this, what I'm thinking is like, okay, if someone's listening and they're in the midst of a transition right now that feels uncomfortable, this is good news. Like this right. is this is good news for us, you guys. But I also think to myself, like, I don't feel like I'm in that right now. Like I, I feel like I'm not in the midst of a transition right now. Yeah. But what I want to say to the listener is this is when you have to believe these things as well, Hmm. because it's harder to believe things sometimes when you're in the midst of it. Yeah. So I always like to say, like, you have to find what is true. Believe it before you have to like act out on it. If that makes sense. Oh, it totally does. And building into, I think, understanding that storyline of the Bible and looking back on the faithfulness of God to his people in times past will help when you are in a present struggle. And so in the time where you're feeling more grounded and more settled and more established and you're feeling like pretty okay about your situation, just remembering that making investments into your biblical literacy and understanding and remembering the story of God is going to help you to navigate whatever situation you might find yourself facing in the future. So good. Okay. You just said making investments into your biblical literacy. Mm-hmm. I want you to explain that to people. <laughs> you know, that does sound really intimidating. I think what I've learned as a student of God's word is that those investments can be really small. And that is what I'm doing right now as a mother, when in times past, I may have had the opportunity to sit with my Bible open and to take in lots of the story of God through his word and to invest in knowing that in a way that's a lot more robust. But right now, I am doing the best that I can, Jamie, with a three-year-old who tumbles down the stairs at 5.30 in the morning. So I am just remembering that every single one of those investments, which I mean, what I mean by that is taking in God's word, thinking about it, reflecting on it, that is all building into my understanding of what God has done for his people. And even though it might be small, it's still contributing to my understanding of the big story of the Bible. And that will inform the way in which I go about my day. So none of it is wasted. And I think the temptation for people who are in my season in particular is just to save it for another season. Oh, yeah. Because we don't have time. Mm -hmm. We don't feel like we have time to do um, to make the investment that we desire to make. Or and that you think you're supposed to do. Yeah. If that, you know, yes. Yeah. yeah, absolutely, to be able to build into your biblical literacy. Then I need to put in an hour and a half every day. Exactly. With quiet study time in a room with dim lights and some coffee. Yes. And, <laughs> and that is not the season of your life. That has not been the season of my life <laughs> for the last seven years. And that, for me, was really a journey of understanding, you know, if I want to know God and love him, I am going to have to figure out a new way to do this because mm-hmm. I was used to sitting down with my Bible and 
reading it for hours at a time. And that just didn't work for me in the context of motherhood. And I had that all or nothing mindset with my first. And then over time, I began to see, man, I need God's word like I need food. And I have to take this in because I've got to remember in those times, like we were talking about, who it, why I'm here and who he is and why I'm here. Because mm, yeah. <laughs> so often you're just like, what am I even doing? I don't know. Uh, and I think remembering who God is um, through his word is what helps us to remember what we're doing here. Um, and so I had to begin to do that in really creative ways. I think it's important for people who are in your stage of life, you have three young kids, yeah. you're parenting and homeschooling, to really hear that and like let that sink in. Like if that is your stage of life, like you, every investment that you make matters. Yes. You know, and so that I think is so important. And on the flip side, I also like to encourage moms that it doesn't give you this pass that you will start to invest when the kids are older. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Because I think it can go one. I feel like when I talk to moms with young kids, it's one way or the other. They're struggling because they feel like they can't get enough in or they're struggling because they're not taking anything in. Yeah. And you're saying you have got you've got to find that space in the middle. Absolutely. You have to lower your expectations and then you also have to expect more. <laughs> like, yeah, that's exactly what I was saying. Yeah. Yes. Lower them and make them higher. Like, how do we do that? What is that? I think we're contradicting ourselves, but I think it's like everyone needs to know there is a place for Bible literacy when you're parenting young kids. That's, I think, what you're saying. Yeah. And I think we all want to be teaching our kids God's word. And oftentimes we feel like we need to have this special method or this special time in which we do that. But what I am learning is that more than anything, they need to see a mom who needs God's word. Mm. And so even if it doesn't look like getting the Bible out with the candle and the cup of coffee, if they see mom breaking out her Bible or even scrolling on the Bible app to find a verse to meditate on throughout the day, uh, you're modeling for them what it looks like to genuinely look to the word for guidance um, and to seek to know and love God through his word. And so I think we often feel like we have to have this isolated time of study, and then we often feel like we have to have this isolated time of teaching our children, and it just, for me, has played out a lot more organically than that. I think there's a lot of freedom in that. Yeah. I think there's a lot of freedom in that because you, we can put a lot of pressure on ourselves that it has to be how it used to be, mm-hmm. or it has to be how you think it should be. And I think that what you're saying and what is so beautiful is that like God's word is living and active. We've said that. God's word is going to meet you where you are. So invest in it and Take a lot of that shame off of yourself. Take yeah. a lot of those like unrealistic expectations off. I remember when my kids were little, I would open my Bible and start to read it, get interrupted, obviously, but I would just leave it there on the table all mm-hmm. day. And when can I come back to it? Like, what does that look like to come back to it? Now you talk about like teaching your kids scripture. And mm-hmm. this is, um, I have a lot of favorite things about you, but this is one of my favorite things about you right now mm. is you invite your Instagram friends into seeing how you're doing this. And if you guys are not following Hunter on Instagram, it's just you're public right you don't have yeah. a private page okay good right. sometimes i'm like oh i tell people to go follow people and then they're like it's private and i'm like come on y'all i thought um, about it <laughs> um but if you're not if you are a mom to young kids you need to be following her 100 but you really do invite your kids into scripture memory mm-hmm. and i want you to talk about when this started how it is and then tell me about your book obviously that i'm so yeah. excited about well it was really birthed out of my own need mm-hmm. and like i was saying i was used to having this isolated quiet time in which i sat down and really was able to study god's word and then i just came to this recognition that that's not going to happen and i don't know when that's ever going to happen again and so how am i going to get god's word into my mind and into my heart so that i can live it out in front of my kids And so I just started to take one verse at a time. And I remember even before Hadley could really talk, uh, I was like, you know, she may not be picking up much of this, but I'm going to say the verse aloud because I need this. And so that's how it started for us. And then when she started singing songs like the Eensy Weensy Spider, I thought, well, if you can sing that, (laughs) then surely you can sing back something like Genesis 1-1, you know, and we started to sing God's word together. Sing it Okay, well, that one was actually based on a pop song. Okay, so I make it. up my own beats. <laughs> uh, this one was based on a popular pop song that I can't think of off the top of my head at the moment, but it was like this. Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Genesis 1-1, Genesis 1-1, Genesis 1-1, that's how the earth began. Do you guys know that song? No. Uh, but uh, I know Genesis 1-1. <laughs> 
<laughs> so that's how it started for us. And we just kept going. And then one day I was going through like this little packet of cards that we had and it had all of Psalm one, which is six verses. And I came to this realization that, wow, she's about three and we memorized a chapter. I thought, how awesome is that? Maybe we could do another. So I started looking for other short Psalms and I realized this is the song book for God's people. Like these are meant to be sung. These are kind of easy to memorize. So we just started memorizing Psalms. And one day along the way, I shared that on Instagram. And then all of the people following me, a lot of them started to do the song with their kids. So I thought, oh my goodness, like this is such a fun way to be memorizing scripture with other believers. And so we just started sharing online and that's how it all started. And um, I'm telling you, it was birthed out of my own need. And now I'm almost like, guys, I need you guys to help me memorize because especially as I find myself just getting lethargic as a tired mom, they are such wonderful accountability partners uh, for me in hiding God's word in my heart. And I'm telling you what, I I just, it's almost like I can't live without it. And it's such a joy to get to do that alongside my kiddos and to see them delighting in God's word too. It just hits like all these different areas of desiring to know and love God in my particular season when I feel like I have limited time and then also um, enabling me to teach the commands of the Lord to my children. I think about Deuteronomy 6, where it talks about love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And then it talks about teaching the commands of the Lord to your children. And it says, do it when you sit, when you rise, when you lie down, like basically do it all the time. And I think scripture memory is really the vehicle by which we do that. Mm. Okay, I do have a question. Yeah. How is scripture memory different between three-year-old Hadley and three-year-old Bo? so different <laughs> so hadley is firstborn girl yes. versus third child boy hadley was extremely verbal and i did not know that because she was my first yeah. child so i just thought like every child at 21 months has like a full vocabulary and is saying things like actually um Bo didn't really talk until he was two and really started stringing sentences together at like two and a half so oh man it's so fun for my book we actually recorded videos with Lifeway where we're doing scripture memory and trying to help families figure out like, how do we employ these tactics if we've never done it before? Yeah, if we just yeah. feel like really insecure. And during the videos, you'll see that Bo is mainly just banging on the table, <laughs> shaking his booty, picking his nose. Like he uh, does not pick up most of the verses, but I have to tell you, Jamie, that when we sit down to pray for meals, mm -hmm. when he starts his prayers, because we've memorized so many Psalms at this point, in instead of saying, thank you God for Hadley, for Davy, he'll say, praise the Lord for Hadley, mm -hmm. praise the Lord for Davy. And I'm like, there's nothing more precious. There may be only three words that he's gotten from this whole process, uh, but he is beginning to pray the words of scripture. And that's a delight to my heart and it's worth the investment, even if he doesn't have very many verses in his like, scripture memory yeah. tool belt. Well, this is what we were talking about earlier, like that every little investment in Bible literacy matters. Yeah. And it matters where Bo is, where he's different than where Hadley was. And I think that's an encouragement for moms listening too, because they're like, I don't know if my kid could do this. Totally. I don't know if I can do this. And you're like, you can start small and you can do this. Absolutely. Okay, so you, we're going to share where they can see these videos and stuff that you're mm -hmm. speaking of. But what are like, if a mom is in the car or mm -hmm. she's on a walk, you know when people listen to podcasts or she's changing diapers right now yeah. or she's nursing in the middle of the night right now. Everyone listens in great places. I love it so much. Where do we start? Where do we start with our kids with Bible memory? I think repetitive reading is the first place to start. And also, if you're in a season where reading isn't an option, repetitive listening mm -hmm. is another way to really start. And it's, I mean, out of the heart, the mouth speaks. Like when you begin to listen to these things repetitively, I mean, scripture tells us to meditate on it day and night. So that, that means we're going to be taking it in a lot. I've been thinking a lot about this because I spend a lot of time on social media. I know you do too. Mm -hmm. I love social media. I love connecting with other yeah. people via social media, but there's times when I spend a lot of time on social media and I start to see those things coming out in my behavior. And so I think a good like place to start self-examining how I'm spending my time is just looking at like what is coming out and what am I regularly reaching for? And if you're not regularly reaching for God's word, then maybe just start to notice the things that you are regularly reaching for and see how either you can combine 
the behavior and the practice of repetitively listening or repetitively reading with those things, or maybe eliminate some of the behaviors that you're regularly reaching for, like Instagram, and instead try and replace it with something like the U version or like the Bible reading yeah. app, whatever Bible reading app you use. And so I think looking for those pockets of time where you're repetitively engaging in a behavior and thinking, how can I redeem this time? Um, and take in God's word in those moments is a great place to start. And yeah. it may just start with something as simple as a Bible CD. Like I love Slugs and Bugs, Randall Good Game. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, I have so many verses memorized as a result of Randall's songs and they're great for adults too, even though they're you're oriented towards kids. I love it. Uh, a couple of years ago when I first did the Read Through Your Bible with yeah. um, Terry Lee Cobble. And I listened to her podcast, me too. Big fans of her over here and would listen to her podcast and stuff. In that season, when I first did that, I didn't have any drivers in my family. Now yeah. I have three boys that drive, That's changes amazing. everything. Uh, it's amazing. Um, but I was also in charge of like early morning, like carpool for yeah. football. <laughs> so bless. Caden would be in the car. I can't remember what kid it was actually. And I would always have to pick up people. But listen, let me tell you something. Ty- teenage boys do not want to chat with you at 5 30 in the morning so i would do my audio bible, bible listening yes. and i'm like these kids they're the, his friends are probably like your mom is weird because we have to listen to the craziest things in the morning um but anyhow the, the audio stuff yeah. that we have access to right oh, now for sure in the internet i mean we have everything is at our fingertips for sure and so there are so many ways uh that you can make this possible in fact really everything are. you listed everything we have we'll put it in the show notes so guys if you're like i don't remember what she said you'll just go to um jamieivy.com slash hh479 that's the show and you can find everything there hunter Hmm. your book oh so cute okay tell us about your book real quick it comes out uh april 19th yeah congrats thank you so much Man, I just, I feel like I should just be thanking you because really I not to go back to it, but I'm just like so much of what I'm doing Jamie is from watching you from times past and just thinking, wow, you know, you gave me such confidence to just step out there. And mm-hmm. so thank you because I don't know if this book would have happened had I not started a podcast long ago, which is really um just a reality of having watched you do that, mm-hmm. seeing how much fun you had doing that, and then really feeling like, man, maybe I could do this too because of the way that you approached it with so much humility and, and grace. And you are doing it. Yeah, I'm doing it. I am doing it. You are I, doing it. Yeah, and you know, it was one of those things that I thought, man, I don't think I'll ever write a book, but one day I sat down, Brooks gave me an hour uh, to read my Bible. <laughs> And instead of reading my Bible, I wrote a poem and it was all about the Bible. And it was really birthed from a suggestion that I received from someone uh, to write a book on how to memorize scripture with your kids. Mm. And I want to cry when I think about that suggestion because I don't think any mom needs any more books telling her what to do. Mm. Um, I was so convinced in that moment that that's the last thing that a mom needs is yet another book telling her what to do. But I thought, what if we had something that could help come alongside moms and families who want to employ uh, scripture memory and Bible intake with their children. But if you're like me, a lot of times that just comes with a lot of grumbling and complaining. So how could we get kids excited about God's word? And out of my own excitement for God's word, I just wrote a poem, which I love that your book also was rhyming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's hard to write a rhyming book, yeah. uh, but it, they're so fun to mm-hmm. read. And so I thought maybe this book will uh, just enable moms to sit down and read about what the Bible is about and why it's important that we're in taking the truths of God's word with their kids so that it might bolster their understanding of the importance of God's word. And so that's really how it came about. And then the rest is kind of history. It's been really fun. I love it. Read it, see it, say it, sing it, knowing and loving the Bible. You yeah. guys, it comes out April 19th. Um, I'm 100% sure you can pre-order it now. Yeah. Get it wherever books are. Meet Janice. Unfortunately, her thing is sneeze attacks every time spring returns. I literally sneezed 40 times in a row once. <laughs> Luckily for Janice, at the Walmart pharmacy, she can get over-the-counter allergy relief for things like sneezing, runny nose, and watery eyes, fast with online pickup or delivery. No more suffering? That's nothing to sneeze at. (laughs) I see what you did there. Help survive allergy season with fast online pickup or delivery from Walmart. Welcome to an easier pharmacy. Welcome to your Walmart. Hunter, what are you loving and what are you reading these days? 
Oh my goodness. I am loving reading about Amy Carmichael. I'm working on another Mm -hmm. project right now. And so I've been doing a deep dive. I know everybody probably knows and loves Amy Carmichael. She's a missionary. Uh, She did mission work in multiple countries actually, but um, in the latter part of her life, she worked in India and it's just been so inspiring reading about her life. I mean, even today, as I was coming to this interview, I felt like I feel so incapable of saying something wise on the happy hour when you've had so many wonderful guests. And I thought about Amy Carmichael, who had this little ask and receive book where she would write down every prayer request that she had in God's answers. And you look at her life and you think she asked some really audacious things of the Lord. I mean, she was a single missionary in India caring for literally hundreds, maybe thousands of children that she had rescued Mm. from prostitution in India. And people thought that is haphazard. Like you ought not be doing that. How could you care for all of those children? Well, and yet she continued to ask the Lord and he continued to provide. So looking at missionaries lives and people's lives from church history has really been, that's been something I'm loving right now because it's helping me see like they navigated really hard things. And this is how they leaned into being faithful in what the Lord had called them to. And then it encourages me to like be faithful in what he set before me. I love that. I read a book years ago and I'm probably going to mess up the name. Um, 10 people who changed the world. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? I have, I think I've seen the title for that. Um, yeah. Loved it. And it was like that. You're yeah. looking back at 10 people's lives and just going, wow. I mean, yeah. it is like that. Like you spoke of earlier, like looking back at God's faithfulness and how we can be like, okay, he's been faithful then, he's gonna be faithful yes. today. We should do that in our own lives. Yes. But even looking back at like those who have come before us in the faith and going, okay, like God's got a pretty good record here with like Absolutely. faithfulness. And so I can read their story, lean on it. I'm, I'm love to hear yeah. that. So All that's right. what I'm Anything loving. else you're loving? You know, I'm always loving my Yeti mug, which is so basic and mm-hmm. like so old, but I almost brought it traveling just because that's how much I love drinking out of this Yeti mug. I think as a mom, like my coffee's always getting cold, but for it to be in the Yeti and to stay like hot just that little bit longer is something that I love. And then I always put froth in. Are you dairy free still? Listen, I'm not anything. <laughs> I, I, I like, I'm really weird that I don't like milk in my coffee yeah so i'm dairy-free creamer yeah but i'll eat a pizza like it's nobody's business <laughs> so it's like i it's so funny i'll be like do you have anything dairy-free but i'll take cheese on my salad i mean so i have yeah. zero yes. thing in my life except i do like dairy-free creamer yeah. preferences well so i'm dairy-free and so i love frothing my dairy-free creamer okay. in my secura milk frother and then pouring it into my yeti mug every morning that is like the essence of my simple joy so Maybe I need to froth my creamer. You need a frother. I should have brought you a frother. Is it the thing that stirs it? No. It's, oh. It, 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 yeah. I'll have to send you the link. Send me the link. Secura milk frother. It's the only one that does the dairy-free stuff really well. Oh. Yeah. I'm totally into this. It's a, it's a lifestyle. I don't ever <laughs> desire frothing my milk, but the way you speak of it oh, yeah. makes me want to. You will. To. <laughs> You'll never. And see, this is, I was talking about something. So I was talking about this with someone else. I think this is what, you know, when we think about instilling a love for God's word with our children, this is what it is. It's like, I knew the love for frothed dairy-free creamer because of my sister. She said, man, you're never going to be the same after you have this dairy-free creamer. And I'm telling you the truth. I never have been the same. Like I love it every single day. And it's the same with God's word. And I think when we have that kind of infectious desire for God's word and we share it with others, it gets them excited about it too. But yeah. I have to say, you're never going to be the same after you have um, silk oat milk. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah is what it is. Okay. So, guys, <laughs> Jesus and oat yeah will change your life forever. <laughs> that is where this podcast is landing. Uh, you summed up the whole show very brilliantly right there. Before you go, I cannot let you go, though, without telling people about your podcast. Oh. So, Journey Women, give us a little summary real quick and so we can send people over there. Yeah. You know, I just felt like I had a host of mentors in my own life, and I desired to share them with other women who I was interfacing with on post as a young military wife. And honestly, I don't know if you remember this, Jamie, but I just remember in the early years of the happy hour, I just felt like I could not get enough like happy hour. It was back when you did like the Friday. Do you remember the Friday, Friday half hours? Friday uh-huh. happy half yeah. hour. I mean, yep. I was just like, where, you know, where's more content? There weren't very many podcasts out there five true, years yeah. ago. Mm-hmm. And 
I began to think, what if I took some of the mentors that God had blessed me with through my time at Pine Cove and through our time spent in wonderful local churches? And what if I shared them with the women who I was interfacing with on post, who I was beginning to have spiritual conversation with maybe for the first time? And so I started to share those. And then it was really amazing to see the response. Um, I think other women are just really hungry for mentors um, to be speaking into their life. I think the best place for that to happen is the context of their local church, but Mm -hmm. also uh, Journey Women has drawn a really transient demographic. There are some women who are either missionaries or maybe uh, pastor's wives or military who are just moving really frequently and who yearn for kind of that Titus II discipleship in their life. And they're having a hard time finding that due to the transiency of their life. And so Journey Women has been, I think, a really helpful tool for women who are in those seasons to come alongside them and to continue reminding them of what's true, even on whatever part of their journey they're facing. I love it. You guys, you're already listening to the podcast because you're listening to us right now. Go check it out. And I forgot to say, we're big Panko fans over here. Yeah. I know you and Brooks met yes. there. What was your name? Oh, my name. I almost forgot. Santa Paws. Santa Paws. <laughs> and what was Brooks? Oh, my goodness. I'm trying to remember. His is... Oh. So the counselors all have these like funny names and they all meet at the beginning of the summer. Correct me if I'm wrong because I've never been a Pine Cove counselor. They all meet at the beginning of the summer and like share their stories and then everyone decides on their name and they're really funny. His name escapes me. I can't remember. It's okay. Uh, My kids have been going to Pine Cove for years and years and years. We're big, big fans of Pine Cove. They do great work. So We grew a ton through our time there and I'm super grateful because that's how I met Brooks. I love it. Hunter, thank you for coming on the happy hour. Oh, it's gone by so fast. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. We are truly grateful for every single story that we get to share with you, every encouragement we get to give you, and every opportunity we get to point all of us to Jesus. If you're loving this show, we would really appreciate it if you would leave us a rating and or a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, tell your friends. That is the number one way that people find out about our show. It's because you tell them. Join us right here every Wednesday and Friday for meaningful conversations that will make us think, they'll make us laugh, and they'll always point us back to Jesus. And come find me other places on the internet as well. I love Instagram. I'm over there at Jamie Ivy. And if you've never visited my YouTube page, you're going to want to go there. Have you ever listened to a show and wondered, I wonder what they look like? Well, go find us over there. It's jamieivy.com slash YouTube. The Happy Hour is produced by Lindsay Sweeney. Show notes are written by Abigail Castell. Graphics are by Amaya Savoy Easton. The show is edited by Angie Elkins. And I'm your host every week, Jamie Ivey. And goodness gracious, I love being here with you guys. Until next time, have a happy hour with a friend. Meet Janice. Unfortunately, her thing is sneeze attacks every time spring returns. I literally sneezed 40 times in a row once. (laughs) Luckily for Janice, at the Walmart pharmacy, she can get over-the-counter allergy relief for things like sneezing, runny nose, and watery eyes, fast with online pickup or delivery. No more suffering? That's nothing to (laughs) sneeze at. (laughs) I see what you did there. Help survive allergy season with fast online pickup or delivery from Walmart. Welcome to an easier pharmacy. Welcome to your Walmart.